Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. That's right. Welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff Drzezemski, yes. as Deacon Chip Jones says. That's right. And there's Tom Doran sitting across from me in the luxurious Presence. corner booth. Present. I am glad you're here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know what? It's always a pleasure to have you here, and it's wow. always fun to be in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. It's a fun place, isn't it? It is fun, especially because yeah. we've got lots of good things to eat, right? Dessert. Dessert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, you I know, see you have the dessert menu yeah. out here today. <laughs> yeah. I sense a theme. No. See, you're misread, Tom. You know, Tom, no, 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 no. This says dessert menu. Yeah, well, it right says, here. No, it says desert. <laughs> See, we're talking about Lent. So we're talking. Whole, <laughs> what's this whole thing about? We're going. What is it? Icebox lemon pie or lemon icebox no, pie? No, Tom. We're going. <laughs> you need to get your head out of the icebox and and back into the show. We're talking These about are all inside jokes. Going into the desert wilderness, the temptation of Jesus. We're oh. getting ready to go into the desert of Lent. Awesome, right? Yeah. We're, we're not going into the desert of Lent. We're not get into the dessert box. Although I think we probably have, we'd have we probably have a lot more people really get excited about. We Lent. We need to get the dessert thing over before Lent, basically. Fat Tuesday, it's coming, right? So we have Fat Tuesday. That's when you can eat your icebox lemon icebox pie. Or I don't know if we have room it. on the show to tell you this, but I went to a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans for the first time in my life last week. Wow, and you survived. It was. Awesome! It was an uptown. It was you know it was a family parade. So it what? Was, uh, so wasn't the, the thing down there the on Bourbon Street? Ones, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that's a little. Uh, it's over the top. It's not family friendly. This was family friendly. It was really that's impressive. Awesome. Yeah, well, cool. Well, you know the history and tradition of Mardi Gras awesome. and you know Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, all these things that people don't yeah. really know where all that comes from. It's all Catholic stuff. It's man. our Catholic heritage. Well, we're coming up on that. Yeah. And it would be nice for us to talk a little bit about how to prepare for Lent, be part of Lent, uh, and really how to go into the desert. Okay. So that we can actually make our Lent matter. Because we want to make sure that, that as as Catholics, when we go into Mass, when we're doing the things that we do as Catholics, whether it's receiving Holy Communion or going to confession or just the various seasons that the Church offers us, so these liturgical, beautiful liturgical seasons, these movements uh, each year, are opportunities that we don't want them just to pass by like we're just looking at a calendar and pulling off pages saying, no. yeah, we're through this season. Right. To make that season actually count, to do something. Yeah, it's an opportunity to prepare. Right, and that's why the Church, it's a, why it's a gift from the Church. Right. Right, and so we're, we're coming up on Lent, and so to prepare for Easter, Lent is here. Here we go. Have no fear. Lent is here. <laughs> uh, and so wh- one of the things, one of the readings that we're going to hear at the beginning of Lent uh, every year the church gives us is uh, is from uh, Jesus's the temptation from in the, the devil in the desert, right? Yeah. When he goes out in the desert. Makes wilderness. Sense. And I want to read from uh, the gospel according to Matthew, just, just the very beginning of that, the fourth chapter, the very beginning of the fourth chapter. This is verses one and two. Because this really helps us as we're preparing for Lent to kind of see what did Jesus do mm-hmm. and why do we have Lent and what is the what is the meaning and the purpose behind it. And this is why we always have this temptation in the desert reading at the beginning. And it's like, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. I just wanted to read that. And one of the things I love about that is this is probably the greatest, most historic, profound 
understatement ever in the history of the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Like it's no big deal. And he was hungry. You know, (laughs) it's like, man, I I could get maybe 40 minutes, you know, in the desert before I'm starting to go there. There needs to be a Taco Bell or something nearby. I'm going to need something to get me through. And Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights. Now. Uh, this is beautiful, and and maybe if we talk about this a little bit, kind of kind of break open these these couple of uh, lines here, um, it, it's going to help us to understand Lent ourselves and what we're experiencing um, in Lent. And right off the bat, uh, Jesus was led by the Spirit, and, and right. we when we hear that, and and right off, you know, Jesus always the consummate teacher, just by the example of his of his own human life uh, and his life as God, to to be able to model ourselves after him Mm -hmm. right there's no better view and understanding of humanity than than that which we can see in its perfection in jesus christ Mm -hmm. and he was led by the spirit and how often are we led by the spirit and the spirit that comes and resides on holy mother church right that that jesus promised would lead her into all truth and be with her and guide her that same spirit calls to us every land there you go and leads us into the desert and the question is do we do we go yeah, right, the, Jesus went. Right, right. He went, and then there's that. He went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted forty days and forty nights. Now, we've had a show about numbers. The forty number, yeah, that forty numbers specifically, yeah, and and it's it's really uh, it's really neat to know mm-hmm. what what forty symbolizes when we see the word forty, the number forty in the Bible. It's always having something to do with waiting and preparation. Right. Right. Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain waiting for the law of God. Mm-hmm. Hold on, guys. I'm, I'm going to be down in a bit with these tablets. Right. Right. He's, but he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights in, pre- in preparation for that, mm-hmm. which was a big deal. That is a big deal. Right. Elijah spent 40 days in the desert just to prepare for his mission. And we read that in that first book of Kings in the 19th chapter. The Israelites, they wandered 40 years in the desert. So when we see that number 40, it's always in anticipation of something. It's in mm-hmm. waiting for something. But really, it's a time of preparation. Right. God doesn't just make us wait. Mm-mm. Now, m- my mom and dad would make me wait all the time. That's just, what parents no, hold do, on. Right, Just hold on. You do the same thing. Well, yeah, sometimes. Just to yeah. kind of teach them to be patient. For 40 minutes. But, but God wanted us to prepare in that time. There, mm-hmm. was, there was a reason for his waiting or for our waiting in preparation of something. He wanted us not only just to wait, but, but to prepare. Mm-hmm. It wasn't simply just waiting. Hold on, hold on. I'm not, yeah. It's not ready. I don't have the bed made yet. You know, you can't. Yeah. It's, don't just it, sit around twiddling your thumbs. Right, prepare. Right. Right, to, to, so that you can... Uh, you know, receive the law of God right. uh, in in in, uh, in preparation of receiving the law and how powerful that is for whatever mission you're going to do. If you want to go into the promised land, God wants you prepared to go into the promised land, right? right? Not just to show up and say, well, here we are, <laughs> right? And so, again, in Lent, that's 40 days of preparation for those Easter mysteries. Mm-hmm. So the Spirit leads us into Lent, right? right. And, and, and calls us, and we, and we go, Um uh, into Lent and how beautiful that is. And so we are called to to do Lent. How do there we do Lent, right? And we've had shows about how to do Lent. We've had several shows about, like, you know, the top ten. Confession. Yeah, confession's always on the top. You know? Gotta be. It's in. The, it's always in the top ten list and to enhance your Lent, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I think in this situation, the reason why I read those, read those first two verses from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter four um, was... For us to figure out what we want to do in Lent, we need to look at what Jesus did specifically and how he did it. I think it's important for us to see that. And, again, so 
how did Jesus prepare? Right. So let me just ask you this question. Now you, you, you put me on the spot. World famous football player. Oh yeah. Right. Right. But all through your life football, you know, and you've taught your kids football. You've, right. you've done football here now on game day. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare for game day? I mean, you you certain do you do certain things drills uh, you do things with your body to make sure you're you know you you eat right you do yeah. exercises you yeah. run them around the field enough times so they're not going to get winded when it's they build up their stamina right right so I mean how's the, what's the best way to prepare for the big game you got to have a pregame meal right you got to practice and what happens in the pregame meal what do you do there what well, you're, you're just eating a, the proper meat. It's like grapes meeting. and cheese, just a few little little trinkets. Yeah, no, you're eating, you're eating potatoes and you're eating <laughs> carbs. Stuff you got carbs, man. You're loading up, yeah, right? Because you're going to get out of the on that field. You're, you're going to be burn sweating, it up. and you're going to burn them all up, right? right? Right. And then so you you the game the pregame meal, and then then what else? You get there, you warm up, you stretch, uh, get a little tuned up. You kind of go through some of your uh, right. plays with the guys and. Make sure everybody's on the same page. And you could probably use that analogy and say, "This is how we prepare for everything in the world, right?" I mean, yeah. if you if you're getting ready to, to, to go, if you're going to be in the Olympics, you know, uh, anything I, you do, you're going to practice. It's amazing how many you know eggs some of these swimmers would you know eat in a day. It's like, oh yeah, it's just amazing. thousands of calories. I was just just loading that stuff up because they're they're working so hard and right. working right. Uh, but but that, that's all key. That's where they get their strength, right? Yeah. And they're and they're doing all these different exercises and whatnot. But then also, like when you're in school, yeah, you got to eat a good meal before anything. Exactly. Uh, your mom never lets you go to if you had a big test that day, you had to have a big breakfast, right? Because you wanted to have all that. You didn't want to have a a, no. a grumbling tummy and whatnot because mm-hmm. you got to be focused and your brain had to be filled with yeah, you know. And it, so like that's what that's what. The world would tell you how you prepare for something. So you're going to tell us that Jesus did the opposite. Well, I'm just going to say that if you look at Jesus and you look at what he did. He didn't have a big meal, did he? He didn't have a big In fact, he had 40 <laughs> days and 40 nights of nothing. Yeah, so before he went out there, he was hungry. And then it concludes. Yeah, and he, he was, was hungry. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the understatement of the century. It's like, duh. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this because this is like it's sort of countercultural. It's counterintuitive. Intuitive. It's just it it's really important for us to discuss what the what the benefit of how we prepare for Lent versus how we prepare for the big test or for going out onto the uh, uh, on the field, you know, football or any kind of sport. Uh, right, we're, right after we get back. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Tell me about what you had for breakfast. I'm kidding. Just send me an email. No, tell us. We want to know. <laughs> Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. In 1904, a humble religious brother named Blessed André Bassett began building a shrine in honor of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. Brother André was born into a family of ten children. He said his great devotion to St. Joseph came from the example of his father and the teaching of his mother. His father was a lumberjack who died in a tragic accident when André was only nine. His mother died three years later of tuberculosis, which left all ten children as orphans. When André was only 12 years old, he was forced to leave school and travel in order to find work. He wandered from job to job and eventually ended up in the United States as a textile worker. 
He was a diligent worker and excelled at his trade, even though he was in poor health. In 1870, he returned to Canada and applied to enter the Congregation of the Holy Cross in Montreal. With some reluctance, the superiors of the order agreed to accept him and assigned him the menial tasks in the community. Just as St. Joseph said yes to God's call and obediently consented to Christ's mission of salvation, Blessed Andre carried out his duties with a spirit of obedience and joy, even though they were the most humbling and tedious of tasks. His superiors kept a close eye on him, wondering if they had made a mistake in accepting him to the order. Brother Andre said, When I entered the community, my superior showed me the door, and I remained there for 40 years without leaving. Blessed Andre began to greet the physically and emotionally troubled who came to visit his community. For nearly 25 years, he received visitors for six to eight hours a day. His reputation for healings and cures became widespread. He did not like being known as a miracle worker. He once said, People are silly to think that I can perform miracles. It is God and St. Joseph who can heal you, not I. In today's modern culture, St. Joseph stands as a model for all Christian fathers. He emulates what it means to protect, provide, and nurture a Christian family. Knowing this, Brother Andre said, When you invoke St. Joseph, you don't have to speak much. You know your Father in Heaven knows what you need. Well, so does his friend, St. Joseph. Today, the Shrine to St. Joseph, built by Brother Andre, is now a magnificent basilica that thousands of pilgrims visit each year. They come seeking the same healing and renewal thousands received from Blessed Andre during his life. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorian. We are talking about getting ready for Lent right around the corner. We are. Making a difference, making this Lent matter. What do we do? We need to be led by the Spirit and be prepared. Are you going to tell us that we shouldn't eat before we get into Lent? Well, you know, uh, Jesus... Uh, didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. I think most of us would not be able to manage that. He fasted. No, we couldn't. He fasted. Now, imagine in a fast, there might be some different rules or whatever, and you hear people say, well, you know, you're allowed to have like a, you know, our fasting rules are pretty lax. They are very lax. You can have a, you can have a, like a full meal, not a grand meal with like lots of fancy stuff, right. but you have a regular sized meal and then two smaller meals that when added together don't equal that regular sized meal. Right. So which, is, which is doable. It's it's extremely doable. Yeah. Right. It's it's not even so. You know, it's there's no excuse for us not to fast. But all that aside, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is to be able to go forty days and forty nights brutal on an empty stomach fasting is just it's just I don't know it just can't do it it's difficult. But it helps you understand something. What's so powerful about what Jesus did, and how it's it seems kind of, again counterintuitive to us mm-hmm. who prepare by eating a big meal and making sure you don't have any hunger pangs and that you've got all your strength and you, we, we, we te- you know, the, the big test is coming. So we cram the night before with all the facts and the figures and we're going through the books and everything like that. And what Jesus shows us um, that this is a very different test that he's undergoing and to prepare for that test. It's not the same way we would prepare for those, the kind of tests that would test our knowledge and test our, our abilities and our skills in life. Right. Right, and so we can't look at what Jesus was getting ready to do as the same thing as what we're getting ready to do when it comes to 
advancing in life, whether mm-hmm. it's doing our, our schoolwork or being on the football field, as we've discussed. But what Jesus is helping us to see that it is in the supernatural world, right, in the world of the devil and of God and of truth and of eternity, right, that's a whole different realm of existence. And the way you prepare for the battle that would, that would ensue or the, or the test that you would undergo is in a supernatural way to empty yourself. Right. That's what Jesus showed us. And that's counterintuitive, to, again, to really what we is. think. Because we think, well, we got to fill up and we got to bone up and we got to, you know, bow up and we got to strengthen and we got to do all mm-hmm. to get the shine, all the armor and get everything going. But if when we're fighting the devil, he sees through all of that stuff. Right. Right. So, which gives us a lot more to look at and realize the importance of the things like fasting. Yeah. Giving something up for Lent. And, and where you stop and go, you know what? You know, if I give up chocolate or if I give up beer, that's usually what we do, right? I mean, we, is. we usually give up something like that uh, or chocolate beer. Is there such a thing? I don't know. There is. There might be. <laughs> there might be yes, somewhere. Yes, there is. So give up the chocolate or the beer or the sodas uh, or whatever. And then some people flip it around and say, I'm going to give up time. And they give more time to, uh, to charity. Remember used to say he would give up patience? That's right. <laughs> that doesn't count. Like, you can't give up root canals. Yeah. You know, I'm no, giving up not. going to the dentist. You know, that's not something to give up. No. Uh, but, the, but the point is, we, we look at the ways that we give up, and we're, we're, we're thinking sometimes, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. You're, you're thinking as a man does, but not as God. As You're thinking as human beings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think like human beings. That's what we are. But I think God wants us, especially during Lent, to think like God, mm-hmm. to think in the supernatural, to think in the eternal, to think in terms of spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. right? To prepare to beat the devil, which obviously God, Jesus has already beaten the devil, mm-hmm. right? We just got to get on board with the program. But for us to be part of that, that eternal, that, that battle that's been won by him in eternity. But the reality is we're, we're not taking a... A, a English test or a math test or we're not trying to win a ring uh, at a bowl game or whatever, right? Right. This is something much more, we're battling for our very soul. Right. Our existence in eternity in heaven with God and the devil doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. Right? And to prepare for that, to prepare for Lent and really to prepare for the beauty and the gift of the, 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 the sacredness of the Easter mysteries. Mm-hmm. That's supernatural. It is. And so that's why the way we prepare in Lent is to empty ourselves. Yep. To pour ourselves out and allow God to fill us. Exactly. I, you know, I, I say that and I think, uh, you know, I have to keep saying it to myself because, I, again, it's because it's not only counterintuitive, it's countercultural. It is. Right? You turn on the TV and what do you see? You know, commercials. Stuff your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, uh, and put this tonic on. It'll make you look 20 years younger and... I know. You know, nip that, tuck that, this, color that. this, uh, and then have it your way. Exactly. Right? You, you want to be able to have everything you want. You want to have it right now. You want it as often as you want with no restrictions and no penalties. You know, and from a spiritual standpoint, I, I got to take us back to confession. Because really, when you think about it, you're, you're clearing the deck. You're, yeah. you're emptying all that stuff out of your system. Isn't that so true? It really would be a good way to start for, start your land off. No, it's amazing. No, you're right. I mean, again, how do you go in the desert? Well, first of all, Jesus didn't go into. Now, Jesus never sinned, but he never, he didn't go into um, the desert packing a lot of luggage, a lot of baggage. 
You're right, he didn't. I, I'm going to take this VCR because <laughs> I want to make sure I have all the movies I want now. And I guess I better take some movies with me, you know. And here's a bag full of food yeah. and make sure I have that. And you got a microwave drag, for all the popcorn. <laughs> just, right. guess I'm going to need popcorn, you know. <laughs> so it's like he didn't do that. Right. Right. He, he emptied himself. And so when we need to try to do the same thing. We, we got baggage. Like we're loading, we're, you know, we got stuff with us all the time. Yeah. And if it's not physical, material things, it's sin, right? It's exactly carrying, right. It's weighing us down. Yeah. I couldn't imagine walking through the desert loaded with sin. No, it would be ugly. And so I guess when you go to confession and you and you take that stuff off your heart or let God do it, you just it lifts you start levitating. Yeah. Right. Then you float into the desert. Exactly. It just clears your mind. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how it clears your mind? And then you're prepared. Right. I always said that, you know, when I leave the confessional, like, this is the time, Lord, if you're going to, if I'm going to get hit by a bus, hit let, me it be, now. <laughs> let it be now, right now. I feel good. I feel like I have nothing. It's just, it's all gone. Yeah. It's evaporated. And, and, and God did that, uh, in, in, in our penitence and our willingness to go to him and say, please take this, mm-hmm. you know, and we lay it at the foot of the cross and it just goes away. How beautiful that is. Spectacular. Right. Well, that's how we prepare for Lent because as we're going into Lent and saying, I don't want to carry all this stuff in here with me. Right. Right. And that's why the church is asking us to look at those traditional ways of, uh, you know, prayer or fasting and ab- abstinence or, or almsgiving, all these things that we can do that are, that are sort of penitential in nature. Right. And, but prayer can be joyful as well. But obviously, during Lent, we're, we're praying for some kind of renewed spirit, a renewed mind. Lord, give us a better vision of who I am. Help me to see myself. Hold a mirror to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't always want to see that. No. I imagine you spend a lot of time in the mirror. Tom. I don't. Your hair is really nice. Thank you. You like my hair, don't you? I do like your hair. Yeah, don't hate me because of my hair. No, I don't hate you. I'm jealous. <laughs> my hair is like all falling out and stuff. Yours is good. But, you know, we, you. we don't usually like to look at ourselves in the mirror, do we? I mean, no. you know, we get a little older and whatnot. But during Lent, we actually ask God to hold a mirror up. And really, it's a supernatural mirror that looks right into our heart and our soul. Yeah. That's a, that's that's what Lent is. It is. You're right. You know, and uh, and so I'm, I love, I was reading uh, some blog somewhere, and it was quoting all these different people and their, their vision and view of Lent. And Father Mike Schmitz, who we've had on the show, was talking about Ash Wednesday. And he talked about Ash Wednesday was kind of like, for Catholics, it's kind of like New Year's Day. Okay. You know, and I thought, wait a second, I don't drink. Do you drink on Ash Wednesday? I, <laughs> but that's not what he meant. I'm teasing <laughs> Father Mike. But. What, what he meant was it was the day when we sort of recollect, we look at the past, we look at where we've been, where we've gone, what we've done, who we are. Yeah. And then we look forward and we kind of make resolutions and we, and we say, we're going we're gonna to change. Great analogy. We're going to try to be, be better and, and to, I don't know, to, to live fulfilled lives, to live yeah. the lives that Christ or that God especially has called us to live. That's a great analogy. And so to prepare for that is, is certainly not uh, to be taken lightly. Nope. So... I guess I want to go back and say that I encourage people to give things up for Lent. And a lot of people think like, ah, it's childish. I don't really do that. Well, you know, give something up. I read another blog, and I don't remember who did it, so I should give them credit, but I can't. It's not mine. But they said specifically about giving things up. They said, you know, don't just give up chocolate. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're a big chocoholic, that's great. Give it mm-hmm. up. But don't substitute it with some other kind of sweet. Right. Right. If you, if you give up soda, don't substitute with, like, flavored teas. Right. And lemonades and things that's like, mm, this tastes good. Yeah. I, I gave up sodas. Yeah. Right. And, and and the reason why is like go into the desert. Yeah. Right? Go in there and like and, and make it hurt. And that's what this particular person said they were gonna do this year and try that. Maybe they'll report back and say, Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Drink the flavored tea. 
Well, you know, and I think about it sometimes, and uh, like my first couple of days of Lent are always, I always, uh, I'm not really good at remembering certain things, you know, and sometimes I'll say, what did I give up? You yeah. know, and, and when you give something up and, and if you're used to going out to eat, it's hard to give up, you know, it's like. You can't give up beverages altogether, so like we'll have water or whatever. Right. So if I if I do the tea or the giving up soda or whatever, it ends up being it's real easy to drink the teas, but it's also easy to forget to go over to the little soda fountain because you've been doing it. And your mind is filled with all these things and go and yeah hit that thing and suddenly realize I'm not. Or when you take a drink of it and you go oh oh you know <laughs> kind of like when you take a bite of that hamburger. Yeah, on Fridays, exactly. And You're you get, right, right. Don't we all kind of in your like make the mistake two bites in? So God doesn't want you then to spit it on your neighbor or to freak out. <laughs> but but I think there you might say uh, if you do that you might say well uh, this one chalk this one up to forgetfulness. Yeah. But but maybe not finish the burger. Yeah. Right. Right. And then and 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 say well, okay I wasted six dollars and eighty five cents or whatever and uh, sure was a good burger but <laughs> gonna have to let it go and. So it's just it's interesting how um how we can fill in gaps that we that we have like if we if we create an emptiness if we create we the, in, the 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 culture says fill it right right and so often we fill it with the and try with, hard not to fill it is what you're saying yeah really empty yourself I I'm going to try that this year yeah I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. Thank you for doing that, and and because uh, I, I, I need it, I, I need a phone call pretty much every day. You're welcome to say, uh, you, what, so how'd you how'd you blow it today? Put the soda <laughs> down. I'm not sure what I'm giving up yet. Now we like to do things as a family. That's another good thing to do. Okay, right. If you're if you're gonna like enter into the spiritual dimension of Lent, and I, I know like a. A first grader or a second grader, like a little a little guy or girl, is not going to really understand fully what's going on, but they will understand the concept of sacrifice. I think they'll, yeah, they will definitely understand that, right? And so they'll I get just, into it. I still remember my four year old accountable too, a lot more so than me. My daughter is ten, but like when she was four or five, she announced to one of the Franciscan friars that were in, of the renewal. He was like, "So, Mary, what are you giving up for Lent?" And she goes, "Bacon," you know, <laughs> and she gave up bacon, you know, and that was because she loved bacon. That's good. So she understood at that age, and maybe they don't understand the dimensions of spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, if you can go against what the culture is telling us to do, if you can if you can take this time of Lent, these forty days, just to prepare yourself for the Easter mysteries in a way that are so profound, or maybe more profound than you've ever tried to accomplish, mm-hmm. to go into the desert forty days and forty nights to be with Jesus. To let him fill you, to give you the strength, to lift you up, carry you in Lent, and then give you that great, beautiful gift and reward at Easter time. I'm ready. Let's do that. Let's. <laughs> we're going to start. Let's ask uh, our Blessed Mother to wrap her mantle around us. Right. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners sin. now and at the, the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. <laughs>